What's up, everybody? It's Steven here, and I'm here with Jerry. Hello! <laughs> and uh, it is May the 4th today. Uh, at least it is when we recorded this. You guys are hearing this Friday, but it is May the 4th. Be with you day. It's uh, national or worldwide celebration of Star Wars Day. Um, and I thought we'd talk about Star Wars a little more in depth than we did the last time. Uh, we'll talk about the very first film and you know, uh, go over it like we usually do with films, but talk a little bit more about its cultural impact, seeing how the whole world is celebrating this movie and where it started from today. So um, we could jump into it, I think, and just talk about, I think we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but mm-hmm. like really kind of hone in like, well, first off, was the first Star Wars, the first Star Wars that you saw, Star Wars A New Hope? I want to say it was. Yeah, actually, it was. It was definitely the new... Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw them in order. Um, damn, you know what? I kind of don't... You're not sure? I, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it was like... Uh, and I guess that's telling of, of the, the impact that Star Wars has is that yeah. it it was so popular even in, like, what? The, the 90s, so it was like... 15 years removed which yeah, kind of seems yeah. crazy but at that point it was just like i'm i'm born and then i just know star, star wars, wars is, is a thing it's just a memory you, that's already you there. know that's that's pretty um spot on to like how i feel about it yeah because i could not tell you to save my life when the first time i saw star wars I, yeah was. i can't I, I can't remember i it but, was definitely before the the re-release when yeah when i when i really really got into star wars is when the re-releases came out and i went to watch them in theaters what uh what year was that i first think it was one? like 96 or 97 i can't remember okay yeah but um it yeah like i feel like i was born and i was aware of star wars another yeah. one one big thing is like so those movies used to come on TV all the time, and then people had usually if they had one of the movies, they had all three of them. Yeah. Um, and then also I used to go to Disneyland a lot as mm-hmm. well, and going at the time there was no Galaxy's Edge or anything. There was just Star Tours, and that was a ride there. And I remember I freaking loved it. Yeah. And being there, I already knew what Star Wars was too, and mm-hmm. I had I couldn't have been more than like three, dude. Yeah. Two or three, and um. Yeah, it just it's it just feels like it's always been there. Yeah, it's always been there. Um, thinking back to like my dad knew what's my dad introduced me to a lot of like a lot of like the popular popular culture of the time, a lot of music, a lot of uh, movies, a, a lot of things you wouldn't think that he would be into. I was watching, right? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird to think that like. He didn't. He knew Star Wars, but he was not. I don't think I've ever heard him say Darth Vader, yeah, like yeah, reference yeah. anything yeah, from yeah. Star Wars. You know, he just knew what it was. Uh-huh. But if you think back to it, dude, it was in all references were in all the cartoons. Oh yeah, and everything. I mean, they built a whole movie around it. In, yeah, uh, freaking Mel Brooks doing Spaceballs. Yeah, and my dad loved Mel Brooks. Yeah, um, uh, and that was an, that was another thing. Like. Mm-hmm immediately watching Spaceballs when I was a little kid like that's one of the movies I remember just watching over and over again like pre-five years old yeah. and 
knowing, oh, this is a Star Wars reference. Yeah. And then I, I remember there was a Muppet Babies episode where there they was. Do a Star Wars And that thing. was one of my favorite ones. Yeah. There was a, a Muppet Babies. There was a, a Tiny Toons references. Yeah. Dude, they're, they're just they're just everywhere. 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 Um, and, and it was just like, you just, I remember I had, I think I was in the third grade, I had Star Wars pencils. Yeah, it was def- just, dude, definitely. There's just, there's just so much memorabilia. I mean, by the time we were alive, Star Wars is a giant fucking cash cow. It's really made for toys at that yeah. point and everything. And um, you know what's interesting to think too is that uh, um, we're kind of we're like our generation, like born in the late '80s, is probably like around the first to be born into like a Star Wars world. Oh like yeah, a def- post Star def- Wars definitely, world, definitely, you know I mean? without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, that, that's interesting to think about. Like it was just like oh, it was so significant that like the fall, the next generation of people would be aware with it. Yeah, and it's almost like second for, nature for, forever. Yeah. Which is which is interesting because you know it comes out in 1977. Mm-hmm. George Lucas directs it, and people are like, Jesus Christ, this is like nothing I've ever seen. This is like yeah. insane. When in reality, he like many filmmakers before him took bits and pieces of like the iconography of his life and the stuff that he mm-hmm. liked growing up. So George Lucas, um, he grew up in Modesto, California. Um, and he is in trance. Like when he was a kid, he used to watch the flash Gordon serials that became popular again mm-hmm. in the eighties. I think specifically because of star Wars, mm. um, watching serials like that. Same thing with like Indiana Jones. He's, he, he came up with the concept for that too. Um, and at the same time he goes to the, he goes to college to USC and he studies like philosophy and literature and, mm-hmm. and film obviously. And he, um, falls in love with, uh, with, uh, Kurosawa mm-hmm. and all of his films. So for huge film books watching these movies, they notice the, the similarities between Kurosawa films and, you know, uh, C3PO and R2D2. Yeah. So you know he he he's running hot out of out of uh, all the people out of USC at that time are running hot Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. George Lucas and they were they're all making films um he made what um THX with Robert Duvall in it really short um black and white movie got mm-hmm. a little clout for that and then he makes American Graffiti which was a pretty big financial success and mm-hmm. it's kind of considered like a classic um, or I mean, it is considered a classic, and it spawned a lot of people's acting careers, even like into movies like Ron Howard, even though he'd been on TV, Happy Days, and mm-hmm. um, fucking cop Barney B Five show, Dog Show, Mayberry, with the Andy Griffith Show, the Andy Griffith Show. Oh wait, why was I thinking Lassie? <laughs> He's not a Lassie, is he? I don't think that he is. All right, someone, he, he might be. Someone check that and get back to um, us on our Twitter account. But yeah, he um, so he. He does that movie and it does moderately well, and then he has this crazy ass idea to make a space opera, is mm-hmm. how how he would put it. Um, and at the time, science fiction was very different um, when it was depicted in films. Is either you're a you're a visitor on planet earth and you're like a bad a bad guy or something like that right. or you have something like stanley kubrick's 2001 which in mm-hmm. in in all senses space was always very clean cut and everything like that oh yeah whereas um and and 
the artistry in a lot of the science fiction novels at the time, really mm-hmm. interesting stuff, but Star Wars and Ralph McQuarrie, the guy that came up with all the concept art for Star Wars yeah. and basically the look of it and everything, um, it really shifts how all of science fiction looks after oh, it. Oh, totally. I mean, think about like science fiction, uh, science fiction in what, like you were talking about, like the 50s, the 60s, where you're some, like you were said, you're some visitor coming into Earth. Or some sort of humanoid robot with uh, very like orb features, like your shoulders are all yeah, orbs, yeah. and you're like part like dog or something. Yeah, you're part dog, or your your ray gun has like orbs on it. I mean, dude, it's yeah, yeah. all over the place. You're like a robot or whatever. I'm thinking a lot of the. I mean, Tim Burton made the Mars Attacks movie, but they they yeah. spawn from the the, the, that, the that cards. Look. And it's interesting because it's like if you ever look at like old issues of that of that mag. Do you remember that magazine like Popular Mechanics? Yeah, I remember that because it would always depict like, oh, this is gonna be fifty years in the future. Like they were famous for uh, covers that they had that depicted the future, and then back in those days, that's what they showed what the future was like. And of course, it, some of it was stylized from like the styles of the time. But I feel like in Star Wars, you see like a more modern take on like the the aesthetic or and and like the fashion of it all like oh yeah definitely. Luke's got these sideburns yeah yeah Han Solo's definitely got a yeah, a seventies seventies cut. cut Princess Leia has like this like in the first one she's like you know completely covered yeah uh, but it, dude by Return of the Jedi she's completely like wearing this like sexy outfit yeah it's 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 I mean go on yeah yeah so like it's one of, like it's it's just part of like what really like transformed science fiction because even in like even in today's the films that come out like uh dune with 2049 not dune uh, sorry blade runner blade runner 2049 it's like stylized it's very sexy it's very sleek yeah, like, yeah everything yeah. is like just so it's like cutting edge on on fashion like dude, oh definitely fifth definitely. element and yeah. everything and i feel like i mean uh, of course, I'm, I'm sure there's like exceptions here and there. I mean, space, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey is like, uh, kind of the exception to the rule, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, well, I mean, it comes out what eight years previous, eight years previous, and in its own stylized too. But Kubrick is like somebody yeah, on his own, right? Completely different, but it, it didn't hit the world the way that Star Wars did because it was like, oh, yeah, it could be science fiction and cool <laughs> and sexy, yeah. you know what I mean? Like. You had Han Solo. You had I know we'll get into that later, but like Harrison Ford, like dude, it did a lot other than the way that it depicted like the uh, uh, classic story, right? Yeah, like it, it, it modernized it into into like space, but just the way they were dressed. I know that has a lot to do with uh, 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 what's his name? You just said his name, Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with him too. But I yeah. think that uh, just working with with Lucas and everything, like it just really came together and just transformed shit. Yeah. For, for, I think for the better. And then also some parts bad because we definitely, we definitely have a franchise sequel, um, problem in today's society and it spawns with star Wars. for sure, Without a doubt. It's yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, George Lucas makes this movie. It's a huge fucking success. And, uh, you know, it's been almost 50 years and it's still fucking Star Wars train is not slowing down no. at any at any time soon. Um, but, yeah, so talk a little bit about the cast. I just want to go over the main cast, really. 
Um, Mark Hamill, pretty much everybody in here, apart from the actor who plays Grand Moth Tarkin and Alec Guinness, were unknown actors at the time. Um, Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker, we know him well. Mm-hmm. Um, him being, I mean, it, it makes a little bit of sense, but um, him being the star of this movie and how big the movie became, because mm-hmm. the, only, the only people that really, like, the only person that really shot off after this was Harrison Ford. Yeah, that's but that's... I but I think it's it's there's a problem with with getting stereotyped mm-hmm. or like pigeonholed into certain roles or whatever yeah. or people just can't see you as anything else. True. But I think Harrison Ford just has an undeniable charisma about him that was just not going to let him be yeah, subjugated. Yeah, he could, he could to like that. force himself into like whatever role he wants to play because yeah. of his like you said, he's just so charismatic yeah. that he you're like, "Oh, that's Han Solo." And he's like, no, I'm not. I got a whip. And you're like, oh, shit. That's <laughs> uh, whereas, like, yeah, Mark yeah. Hamill kind of had to go into, like, dude, into a, uh, uh, into what? Voice acting. Voice acting. Where, I didn't know he played the uh, Joker for years until yeah. I was older. And I was like, oh, he had to completely transform the way he talked to get any work. And, of course, he... Yeah, he was very successful into that. But. Uh, yeah, so the, it's 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 crazy to think about about that, like how successful those films were. They did those three, and in between, they didn't uh, do too many other uh, movies. Uh, the actors, you mean? yeah, the actors, and Mark Hamill, like we said, really transitioned into uh, into voice acting yeah. and i think he shines in that playing mm-hmm. playing the joker apparently i just i just found this out recently that when batman the animated series was in production the mm-hmm. original voice for the joker was going to be tim curry who uh people know him from rocky horror picture yeah. show and legend and a bunch of other great stuff home alone 2 and everything mm-hmm. and he's got a great fucking voice he, he's yeah he su- does such an iconic voice but um apparently there was uh, too much strain on his on his voice when uh, he was trying to do his laugh. So they went with Mark Hamill, and I think it worked out perfectly for that. Yeah, it does. And and plus, Tim Curry had more of a, a much more of a, a diverse acting career. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He was in a ton of stuff. Oh, so, so I, much. I could see why he would need. I mean, it would be interesting to see a Tim Curry Joker. Yeah, maybe I, I would love to see it just once. But uh, you know, you know. You, the funny you say that. Um, you remember the movie The Shadow with Alec Baldwin? Yeah. There is a supercut of that I saw of scenes with Tim Curry in that movie. I forgot he was in that movie. Yeah, I don't. And remember. there's a supercut of of Tim Curry that I like reposted on his birthday or something. Mm-hmm. And there was these scenes where he's just laughing maniacally and like shooting a Tommy gun and like. <laughs> He's like '90s Tim Curry, so he's still like relatively yeah. younger. Vibrant, and I yeah. was like, "Dang, him as a Joker back then probably would have been pretty fucking cool." Would've cool, even if he did one animated movie. Yeah, like, yeah, that would have been pretty cool just to hear. Yeah, um, but yes. And anyway, um, Mark Hamill. Uh, he's he's been in other movies. I I recently saw a movie that um, Jalen Silent Bob. Yeah, he plays Cockknocker. Um, <laughs> He he's in uh, he's in this movie called Body Bags that I don't think um, dude I don't I don't even know what that is yeah no it, it's an anthology movie with um, I was gonna say Wes Craven but John Carpenter he's like uh, he's in a mortuary uh-huh. at night or like in a morgue 
and he's telling these different stories. And uh, oh. Mark Hamill is a baseball player, and he loses his eye, uh, and then he gets a mechanic, or no, he gets a donor eye, and the eye belonged to some murderer dude. So he starts like beating his wife and a bunch of other stuff. It's when really, he closes one eye, it becomes a murderer. <laughs> it's really weird. Let it's me, really let weird. Let me write but, that movie. Uh, yeah, he he's in that movie. He's in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. He's you know he's in episodes of The Simpsons as like Mark Hamill being Luke <laughs> Skywalker. Uh, there's this great bit in a show that I watch called Third Rock from the Sun, where he's uh, he's supposed to be himself, mm-hmm. and he's in a <laughs> in a hotel room, and he's blow drying his hair. He's in a robe, and he's blow drying his hair, and then he stops and he looks at the blow driver, and then he just starts pretending he's shooting a blast. <laughs> Stupid. Um, That's what I, he did in the '90s. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Mark Hamill's great. Uh, he he's such a staple, especially in the Batman franchise nowadays. Mm-hmm. People know him so much. Um, and then other than that, uh, we have Carrie Fisher who plays Princess Leia, mm-hmm. who sadly passed away a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the daughter of Debbie Reynolds, who was a big star back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, she was kind of the first of many strong women characters um, mm-hmm. that popped up from the 70s and in, going into the 90s. Because, I mean, usually... Uh, women in in movies or in any type of fiction back then usually damsel in distress right whereas yes they are going to rescue her but once they catch once they catch up with her um she's got a mouth on her and she doesn't take any shit from anybody and she's take like taking charge and everything Kisses her brother doesn't give a fuck yeah, yeah. Uh. um and she and i think um that tenacity I'm not so sure it like I could I wouldn't be surprised if some of that didn't have to do with just Carrie Fisher being Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. cuz you learn about her exploits in Hollywood afterwards and yeah. she was a real go-getter and she was really fucking cool yeah. and um she actually has writing credits for movies that I didn't even know oh, about. Really? Yeah, so she huh. wrote um she wrote has writing credits on Hook, the Steven Spielberg huh. film. Um and she also has writing credits on Lethal Weapon 3. Ooh. And a bunch of other and a bunch of other stuff too. She, she had a and she had huh. she had a, a pretty prominent career. She's in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Burbs with Tom Hanks. Oh, that's it right. Came out in 1987. Harry um, met Sally. When Harry met Sally, yeah. she is also in Drop Dead Fred. Um, she's in Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back as well. Mm. She plays a nun, Harry Bush nun. Harry Bush nun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, She's just she was great. Um, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed Carrie Fisher. She's just a really funny lady, and um, I think uh, I think she'll be missed for a very long time. Um, oh yeah, I think uh, her. I think you know, like you said a lot like the strong lead that she plays in the in the films. A lot of it has to do with what she brought to the film. Yeah, um, I know at that time like. Lucas and, and Spielberg and all of them, they're like the new school. I, I can't remember the name of the, the term. Yeah. Right. But these guys that were watching all these French movies that kind of really like flipped Hollywood on its head. And mm-hmm. it's like, so I think that's interesting to put, you know, to, to say like, oh, I want this strong female lead and actually to be put into a uh, science fiction movie. Yeah. Uh, because like you said before, the damsels in distress, a, a lot of genres use that trope. And in this one too, like, right. In Return of the Jedi, she's like, "Oh, I need to be rescued," but she's the one that chokes out yeah, yeah, yeah. the fucking crime boss and uh-huh. everything. And then um, later on, they, they're just like, "Oh, she was just as strong as Luke," and whatever. 
And it's like, wow, we really wanted to see that. And I don't know how you guys did. We'll talk about that maybe later. We'll, but, we'll get there. But eventually. you're right. But, you know, she had, I remember, like, when I was younger, uh, being really, like, enamored with her. Mm-hmm. And it was like the this look that she would give that was so, like, endearing. She would give to, like, Luke yeah. or, or Han at, at times. And mm-hmm. it was, like, you know, very caring. It, but she could also, like, give you a look like... I mean, fucking business. No, but. yeah, and I feel, I feel like it's it's almost. I mean, obviously, you know, Carrie Fisher became kind of like a sex icon because of the whole yeah. slave outfit and everything. But um, there's this there's this quality that she has, like you like you're saying that like in her presence, like if I was like a nobody in the Star Wars world yeah. and I was like beat, like she was there, I'd be like, all right, this, this chick's got it, got it, everything under control. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, like I'd take it, I'd take it like, oh, she is the general. Like, yeah, like, yeah, is, definitely. Like she has control. Like I'm not going to go gawking at her. And if it was the 70s, you know, you'd probably be like, eh, uh, eh. I'm trying to do some construction <laughs> catcalling, you know? But the way she like looks at you, you'd be like, yo, hot stuff. Eh, hot stuff. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Like, you know? You, yeah. The way she looks, but you're right. She does. She demands attention, like attention and respect. Yeah. In this movies, and you're right. She does become a sex icon. But actually, that's interesting. Uh, thinking back to it, when I seen her as a younger, in my younger days, I, I was like, oh, I, I get it that she's attractive. But I kind of felt not afraid, but I respected her. Like, yeah, I respect yeah. Her you respect her too much to be like, oh, you're hot. Yeah, yeah. Hot yeah, stuff. <laughs> I cannot think of a construction word. But you know what I mean. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I respect Yo, what does he say in this? Yo, jiggles or something. Oh, uh, <laughs> something don't stupid. act like you don't like it. Don't act like you don't like it. We'll, uh, we'll post that clip later. Uh, I'll post that clip later. Um, Yeah, but it's, I, but like I said, I think that tenacity and that respect was something that you wouldn't have gotten because I know um, what's her name from Laverne and Shirley read for her part and mm. a few other a few other actresses um, and I don't think you would have got that I don't think it would have come across on screen and I don't think no uh, you would have got that it's from hard, any, it's hard any, to see it at least anybody else from Carrie Fisher and like I said th- I feel like this was the inset like the inception of that strong female I mean she's a lead in this movie um, of course I mean I was gonna go back to when you said that earlier we're like. Because after her, you get Sarah Connor, you get Ripley, you yeah. get uh, Xena. I mean, you get a bunch of people, like, a bunch of strong women. Well, I was going to say, like, in the first movie of Star Wars, it's like, oh, Luke Skywalker is, like, the main character. But it's also kind of like, sometimes he doesn't feel like You know, he he's, the, he's the most out-of-fish-out-of-water out of character in the whole movie. He really is. Because yeah. it's like, and, and, it, and it trips me out that, like, I guess in, I guess you really see him in Return of the Jedi as like a badass like Jedi guy. Yeah. But even then, he's kind of just walking around like he he. You didn't get to see him like be so badass. Yeah. At times. But you're right. He is kind of more fish. Like he's he's in his early puppy stages in the first one and the he's second always one. Whining about shit. He's just sweaty and whining and yeah. crying about his hand. Like. And then it's like, oh man, how did we like? get this image of Luke where it was like, oh, shit, here comes fucking Luke. And it was what was shown. I guess that maybe that speaks to, like, George Lucas be able to, like, develop a character without having to show so much. Yeah. But I also wonder, it's just, like, you were so fascinated with those characters at the time that you weren't even so much interested in, in things that they did in those movies, but things, like, that was in the fan fiction that Yeah, came out. or things that just, that 
you created in your head. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. It was you it was a lot. With, it's it's it's, a, it's the same tr- it's the same trope as um, you know Spielberg with the shark. It's yeah. like the stuff that you don't see. What your what your mind creates is more important than what you actually show on screen. Yeah, because when you go back and you watch him, you're just like he doesn't like. There's there's nothing like. He doesn't have like the the masculine like yeah. presence as like a Harrison Ford oh, no, or nowhere not. near the charisma. Uh uh-uh. You know he's kind of funky looking. He's a little good looking, but he's not yeah. Harrison Ford again. Yeah, definitely. Wow, Harrison Ford's such a hunk. <laughs> but uh, it's like, uh, yeah, like it's like this idea. And ah oh, man, maybe he did that through like the the kind of like the the lore like of a samurai where. Oh no! A, a for dude sure. walks into town, he's sure. like, "Damn, you know he can fuck." People and that, up. and that's, and that is, that is quintessential to how George. Because we, uh, I was listening to NPR today, and they were talking mm-hmm. about Star Wars, and they were talking about Lucas, and we know he's not a great writer. He's not. Oh, he's awful. He's not good at writing, yeah, especially terrible. dialogue. But he is. He knows a lot about folklore. Yeah. He knows a lot about mythology and and philosophy, and hmm. and um, he draws a lot from. I mean, the Jedi are are literally based off of off of samurai, samurai and Wait, um jedi samurai <laughs> uh, and and i think you're right uh once once the the foundation is laid mm-hmm. down and we kind of get an understanding of what this world is yeah uh we we just kind of make make it up as as yeah. we go along Dude. and and the spectacle of the whole film just totally like yeah there's so much room in that world i mean we've discussed that before uh, uh, many times is that the world is so huge that you can do so much with it yeah um but even like like dude i i remember as a kid i, I would like you said earlier like the imagination that we had that we could play with this world it was mm-hmm. like the tools and we had these action figures because in the 90s those star wars action figures were oh they were back. fucking great and i remember i, ha- I had a a his Luke Skywalker and the Han Solo from the Return of the Jedi with his stupid coat, and I would always I would have um, the alien from Independence Day come, destroy the world again, and then Luke Skywalker would come, and he would use his lightsaber and he would slice him in half because I had the one where like the if face you, open yeah if you pinch the back his face open and it showed the little alien, but I was always like oh Luke Skywalker is gonna come in and like uh, save the day save the day, but it, it's like you said it's like. That world that they built was just so like huge and, and inventive that we could just take it and yeah, just run. And just, which is why the fan fiction was just running like I know they do that all the time, but dude, I feel like Star Wars fan fiction is like on another. Oh level. no, for sure, it's it's insane. Um, yeah, but we got we got off of Carrie Fisher, but like mm-hmm. we said, she was great, and um, she'll be dearly missed. She's survived by her daughter Billy Lord, who was in. Uh, I think she's in. Rise of Skywalker and uh, uh, Last Jedi, but anyway, moving on to uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, hubba hubba. <laughs> yeah, Harrison Ford was a carpenter, and he had a small role in um, American Graffiti. Yep. And when they were going to cast Star Wars, he George Lucas didn't want to work with him again because he had already worked with him. Yeah, and he, but they asked him, "Hey, can you read opposite these people for these parts?" So you mm-hmm. had people like Kurt Russell um, mm. uh, going for the part of Han Solo, and a bunch and a bunch of other young actors. And he just kept doing it, and he just kept giving giving these these line readings. And George yeah. Lucas was finally like, "I think 
I think you're the guy. Yeah. I, think, I think we need to use you. Um, and obviously he fucking knocks it out of the park. Oh, I think yeah. he still. I think he steals the movie for sure. I think he does. If you if you're looking at anything in that movie, it's either Han Solo or Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, for sure. And he he like we said, he's just so charismatic. He seems like a scoundrel, rough around the edges mm-hmm. and everything. He fits he fits the mold perfectly, and he's just such a badass. Yeah. Um, and. You know the character of Han Solo is like widely held as like the coolest character. I remember. Oh yeah. I remember the uh, first day watching Force Awakens. The second time I saw it, and twice in one day, when it ended, I just heard some fucking fat nerd dude going, "They just killed off the coolest character in the whole series." <laughs> blah, blah blah. I was like, "Yeah, well, whatever." Anyway, uh, wait till you see the rest. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he goes on to have an amazing career. Ob- oh, obviously, yeah. he's Indiana Jones. He does three of those movies throughout the eighties. Um, he's in The Fugitive. He's, he's in the Air President. Force. He's in Air Force One. Um, Is he Bla- here in Present Danger? Yes. Is that him? Yes. Yeah. Um, Blade Blade Runner, the first one, and then he comes back for twenty forty nine. He's gonna be in another Indiana Jones movie, even though the last one didn't stick. Pu. Um, but. Yeah, Harrison Ford just became a staple, and then he becomes like this really funny, like, uh, like real life icon. Like mm-hmm. he's like grumpy, yeah. smokes a lot of weed. And, like, <laughs> it's just really, really funny. Just doesn't um, want to be in anything. <laughs> uh, what lies beneath was another one that oh, was yeah. cool. I, um, I saw that in the theater for some reason. Yeah, no, I saw that in the theater for sure. Who made that? Uh, Robert Zemeckis. Wait for our "What Lies Beneath" podcast. Fuck. It's somebody prominent. Yeah. Ron Howard. No, Robert Zemeckis, I think. I can't remember. But um yeah, he he's like we said, he's he's Han Solo mm-hmm. and he's just great. Um always thought that he should have gotten he he was he was always like, Oh, Han Solo should just die, should just die, blah blah Yeah. I feel like cause he just wanted to walk away from the franchise. Yeah. They must have offered him a shitload of money to come back for the force yeah. But um I think over the years, he's he's gotten tired of being Han Solo and mm-hmm. his his recurring roles. But I think he got a second win and found like kind of a love for yeah for the character again or the characters that he played over the years because mm-hmm. um, he's returning to the roles and yeah yeah. Um, lastly, I just want to talk about Alec Guinness. Mm-hmm. Um, I I heard today that actually. Um, God, I can't remember his goddamn name right now. But the actor from Seven Samurai, that was George Lucas's first choice for oh, Obi Wan really? Kenobi, but he turned it down because uh, for some reason. And then the second person that George Lucas went with was Alec Guinness, who hmm. um, had an Oscar for the Bridge on River Kwai, mm-hmm. and he's just a really, really fantastic actor. Um, and he embodied that mentor character very well, like the old man, the Merlin, mm-hmm. the wizard. Um, and really, really, uh, you know, he's only really in that first movie and then he's got some small parts in the other ones, but he leaves such an impact on the franchise that when they do the prequels, you and McGregor has to, you know, he, he makes it a little bit of his own cause he's in his adolescence in episode right. one. But as you, as you see the series go forward, he's turning more and more into Al again as, mm-hmm. as, as time goes on. And that character, I think, is just um, it's my favorite character in the entire series. But uh, I just think, you know, that might have brought some people in and made 
made people think that it was a legitimate movie when the movie was made. Because, yeah, like it wasn't just like a bunch of yahoos. Yeah, and because what I, what I'm surprised about is on opening day at like at the at the Man's Chinese Theater, like there are fucking hundreds of people. Oh outside. yeah, that's, there's that famous photo. Where so it's they like, so they had to have seen like little trailers and little spots in newspapers and stuff and just lined up around the mm-hmm. corner to try and get into this place. So, yeah, um that's pretty much the cast that I wanted to talk about, uh just the main cast. Um but yeah, Star Wars first movie. It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um thinking about it how it opens up jo- John Williams' score mm-hmm. is just emphatically infectious. Yeah. It is incredible. It's loud. It's in your mm-hmm. face. And it's, it's, it's regal. And just it's, yeah. it's so amazing. And you get that title crawl, a famous title crawl. And George Lucas got that from the serials. Yeah, uh, Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff, stuff like that back in the day. And everybody was like, oh, no, you don't want to do that. Like, you, and, you know, before release, everybody thought this movie was going to be a huge flop. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Lucas famously showed it to Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg. I think Francis Ford Coppola was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, dude, this is not a good movie. It's like, <laughs> that's funny. It is, it's not a good movie. Like, he, I don't know what he, the fuck uh, is going on, but yeah. He direct the first one? Yes, he, he did. did. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, he wrote and directed the first one. Um, that's why. I'm just kidding. But it comes out and it's a fucking nationwide phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like, instantly people are making toys and t shirts. To the point where it's so popular that they don't even have toys lined up that they sell a plastic briefcase yeah. with cardboard cutouts of characters that you could send away for and for get like six months yeah. later. But yeah, uh, like we said, that title crawls insane. And then the camera pans down and you see like black space and a planet and then you just get this fucking insane kind of like dog fight yeah of and of, it looks pretty good like the I, miniatures of the yeah use. no the the technology that they, that they used to get all this stuff at the time was unprecedented yeah, it no, was for sure. insane it looked because mm-hmm. you look at any other i mean kubrick did a pretty good job yeah he did previous was, with with uh um, we said he's a yeah he's an abnormal uh, yeah for sure but you look at science fiction films any any other besides 2001 mm-hmm. around that time absolute fucking garbage um yeah but this was Orbs. was incredible it mm-hmm. was it was just mind-blowing and even us being yeah 15 years removed watching it as a little kid i was like holy shit this is really fucking yeah. cool um and then immediately you get introduced to r2d2 and mm-hmm. and uh c3po Darth Vader fucking comes through. The, oh yeah, like that presence of like pure evil. Like he's all dressed in black. Dude, when he first walks in, you're just like, oh shit. Like I know we didn't talk about um, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, yeah. but dude, when he just starts talking, it's just yeah, dude. James Earl Jones is you know probably. He could be the most iconic voice in Hollywood, like at least top five. Probably uh, the most iconic voice in Hollywood history. Yeah. Um, you know, he he he's been around for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. He's in Kubrick's uh, Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. He's he's on the plane that's flying over to Russia. Um, he's been a lot of shit over the years. Meteor Man, The Sandlot, mm-hmm. um, but his voice is just so uh, yeah. dude Mufasa. Mufasa, but his voice is just so insane. Yeah, it's so um, distinct. And 
immediately when you hear it, you like kind of cower. You're just like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. It's just a thunderous, like, so deep. Yeah. The bass is just rattling your bones. And is almost, like, almost to the Whoa. point that, like, I mean, obviously there is some distortion on, uh, on his voice, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little bit echoed or whatever. But just it, it, it's it's insane to think about the actor in the suit saying the lines. Yeah. And then, like, you hear that stuff and you're just like, oh, that sounds kind of whack. But then when you see... Get the droids. <laughs> but when you see... And the, and the dude that played the dude that played in the in the suit is a really big guy, too. Yeah, he is. But he didn't sound like that at all. No, he didn't. Um, and it's just... It's incredible to, that... That first scene where Darth Vader comes in and his like, you know, his men are merciless. They're killing all mm-hmm. the people on the ten of five. He comes in, he fucking lifts that dude up off his oh, feet yeah. and just fucking tosses him. I want him alive, blah blah, mm-hmm. like all that shit. Um, and yeah, it's it's it. The movie starts off just grips you right from the beginning yeah, from, you. from the music to the sound effects i mean we didn't talk about brad bird who did all the sound effects mm-hmm. lightsabers fucking laser lasers and and all that great stuff um and yeah it's just it's it's just incredible and then you get this it's really a western um mm-hmm. and a samurai story this this kid from this desert planet um who happens to be like connected to this whole <laughs> this whole uh, legacy of the Skywalker family, but we don't know we don't know that yet. Oh, um, but the, all the tropes that are there, he meets his mentor. Yeah, I think um, the conversation between him and the conversation between him and Obi Wan Kenobi when mm-hmm. he's first showing him the lightsaber, probably one of my favorite parts in the entire Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I mean, it's really personal why I like it because when he's talking about himself as a jedi knight and um luke doesn't really know what jedi are um yeah he's, like, it's, it's, he's it's, a country it's, bumpkin it's like obvious that point. like the rest of the galaxy and it makes a lot of sense now especially on we're on the precipice of of the obi-wan series mm-hmm. coming out and we see joel edgerton as uh owen lars telling obi-wan to stay away and all this yeah. stuff makes a lot of sense that the rest of the galaxy knows about jedi and they obviously they're painted as like treat like trees and uh like defectors and everything like that but for luke to be guarded he doesn't know anything about the jedi he Mm -hmm. doesn't know anything about anything beyond tatooine um and that conversation that they have and he's telling him about his dad yeah and he's telling him about what the jedi were because he Mm -hmm. has no idea he doesn't know what the force is yeah and specifically when he talks about uh he asked him, he's like, did you fight in the Clone Wars? And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah. In my head as a kid, the concept of the Clone Wars was just, like we said. Yeah. It went everywhere and everything, like, there was a, there was a whole war and I don't know what the clones are. I don't know if they're clones of people. I don't know if they're, like, it's just, it's it just crazy. It cool to think about. Yeah. And, like, you didn't have to tell, you didn't have to tell us. I mean, obviously, I don't think the lore was quite there as far as, like, mm-hmm. oh, they were um, made to protect the Republic and all that stuff. But, like, you could just make up your own idea. It just sounded cool. It sounded insanely cool. It was just like, cool. damn, what is that? Uh, of course, when later when we see it, <laughs> he's riding a freaking feathered iguana uh, bird. I don't know. Um, God damn it! But dude. yeah, that that scene. I can't. All right, <laughs> that scene is uh, that scene is really great, and I just really love it. And then obviously, 
he's um he's talking to him about Leia and the message mm-hmm. that she sends or whatever. And then they're heading back to his pad and his fucking family's just dude fried. Dude fried. I remember like, I remember seeing that as a kid and just like dude, this is this is pretty crap. That's pretty no, right? Because it's like they're dude, they're like fucking bodies, skeletons, like, and they're still smoking. You can't see what I'm doing, but it looks like them. It yeah. looks like beef. Ju- yeah, dude, they're smoking. It's yeah, like it's you can gnar- smell it. It's gnarly, dude. Yeah. Um, so Luke's like, dude, I don't got any reason to be here, and yeah. I always wanted to leave anyway. I want to go with you to fucking find this this lady and yeah, you know, save the galaxy and shit. He wants, yeah, he's 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 a kid. That's obviously he, it, it. Doesn't even matter that he's like destined to be great or yeah whatever. no no he has these like right these aspirations for adventure yeah his right he knows Something his dad's more. a pilot yeah he's just like damn a pilot like we don't live here in freaking victorville california like <laughs> you know what i mean like he's just yeah. he's just wanting and i i think that's really cool and it's almost like him finding out like damn i'm really i'm really i guess the first time when it works where he's like, damn, I, I come from this legacy, but it's like, yeah, dude, but your legacy is kind of fucked because yeah. look at your dad, yeah, the pilot. So you kind of have to make with with it what you what you got to make want. your own way. Almost. Yeah, which is which I think is what with the later movies kind of like they kind of missed the point where it was just like, oh, we're destined to be great. But it yeah, was like, no, no, Luke had to, and I think that's what's interesting about that first one is that it, it was like a rough group of like it was yeah ragtag ragtag heroes, yeah. heroes that come together, and then he like Luke himself has to make that decision so it's not like it's fate it's thrust upon him thrust he could have stayed him. there yeah he, he could have stayed, stayed there. there he had to make a choice and he had to say okay like oh my father was great and then his dad is obviously later in the movies is telling him oh you're destined like you're you're coming yeah, with yeah. Me or whatever but that and see that's great that you're talking about that mm-hmm. because from the beginning luke it, like we said, wasn't thrust upon him. He had to make that decision. Yeah, he had to make. The but decision. what turn? What turn? And but what? What Vader's telling him in later films is like, no, you're destined. We we can we can do it together. And that's that arrogance that turned him. Yeah, to the is. dark side. And it's not. Yeah, and it wasn't like, oh my, my mitochondrions or whatever are tingling. <laughs> like you know, this is what guides me. It's like, no, he had to make the decision, and it, and yeah. it was hard, and it was rough, and he didn't know, and he was really like. I would say he was really motivated by his sense for adventure to get the hell out of there. And plus, he didn't have anybody. Yeah, you know what I mean? that, he's by himself at that. Yeah, he's point. by himself. And like you said, it wasn't thrust upon him. He was kind of like, "Oh, I'll take, I'll take it," because, dude, I was freaking. I don't know what the hell he does. Which, out there. which I think, I think, um, speaks a lot about uh, the quality of storytelling when it comes to. A New Hope as opposed to The Force Awakens mm-hmm. because it's very similar stories but Rey is is forced to leave the planet. She doesn't want to yeah. leave. She doesn't want to go anywhere. No. She's fixed on even though she doesn't have anybody. Right. Where where Luke had somebody and now they're gone. Yeah. He immediately sees the call to action and decides that he's going to go. Yeah. Whereas like in The Force Awakens, Rey literally is getting shot at and she has to fucking has to hij- hijack the Millennium Falcon yeah. and leave, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's George Lucas's ability to, to find these archetypes and make sure that it's a convincing reason why all these things are happening mm-hmm. is, is really good. So anyway, they head into town, they got to find a, they got to find a way off planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
they run into Han Solo, and yeah. Han Solo talks to them, and the, the cantina scene in general is just fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, you you've seen the lightsaber light up before, but then you have those two fucking baddies at the bar that are fucking with Luke, and then you know yeah, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi's an old man, but once shit starts going, he lops off that dude's yeah. arm, which is another thing campaigning bring back severed limbs in star wars yeah that's what made star wars star wars and now every fucking star wars video game no limbs come off it's bullshit yep and it's and it's yeah you're right it's ingrained like that's what made star wars because obviously that scene in particular is influenced by uh the kurosawa yojimbo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where it's like the dude he's there and he's kind of like yeah the ronin or the yeah the ronin come in and these these guys are messing with him, and they learn real quick that they're gonna lose a fucking limb. Yeah. And then they do it again in this movie, and it was another moment like after you uh, after you see uh, um, Luke's uh, uncle. I can't think of his name. Uncle. Uncle Owen. Yeah. Emperor. Where they're fried, and then yeah. this guy loses an arm. You're just like, yeah. Damn. It was it was it was pretty. I mean, it was crap. Especially for the set for the seventies. Yeah, you had films like Taxi Driver and everything like that. But like I said, science fiction films weren't like no, this before. They, they were just so like like wonky. Like, yeah, I don't know who the hell they were. Like for a weird. They were they were so they were so niche. Um, yeah, we really have George Lucas to thank for science fiction being mainstream as much as it is now. Yeah. Um, and it had, and even after Star Wars, it had a, a slow build up mm-hmm. to where it is now. But like he didn't, it wasn't like Mickey Mouse. Like it wasn't like uh, no, obviously well, mo- the part of the Disney franchise, but now, but it wasn't like fuzzy. Like oh, we're we're uh, we're in space and it's kind of kooky. It was like oh shit, that has real consequences. Like, yeah, people are fried. You get your arm shot. Yeah, or and- cut off. And obviously, so yeah, the whole cantina scene's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we get introduced to Han Solo and and Chewbacca. Uh, the music in there is iconic. Everybody yeah. knows that music is super funny. Um, f- funny note about it: the music that they're playing. Do you know the uh, the style of music they're playing? It's called jizz. Yes, it's called jizz. <laughs> um, you get in there, the jizz is blaring. It's all over, bouncing off the, over the place. Guys, our arms are on the floor. Um, so they secure Obi-Wan's a ride. Everyone's licking his lips. <laughs> they secure a ride with fucking um, with Han Solo, and they bounce. And right before Han Solo, he tells uh, Chewie to go warm up the Falcon. Right before he's about to leave, he's met by Greedo, a fucking yeah. a, a bounty hunter of sorts that was sent there by Jabba the Hutt, a big gangster on Tatooine. And he's like, yo, bro. You owe this motherfucker a lot of money. He's yeah. like, yeah, but I just got a job. I could pay him. Just yeah. give me a little time. He's like, nah, man. We ain't going to do that. It, which is good because you get introduced to like Han Solo where it's like, oh, he's kind of a, a smooth talker. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. eventually, like, you could tell he gets yeah. into shit because people aren't always going to buy. Oh, no, def- definitely not. Like, he, so he, he's a big talker. Mm-hmm. Um, and things shit will hit the fan, but at that point he's ready to take care of it. I mean, obviously, and he's so cool. His oh, so cool about up. it. The be- the best thing ever. Obviously, he shoots first, even mm-hmm. though we know it's been re-edited a bunch of times. So stupid, but that's why people loved Han Solo in the first place because mm-hmm. he's a cowboy and he fucking just killed that dude. Yeah, he knew he had to get out. But of he there. does the old cowboy trope: walks up and sorry about the mess, tosses a coin on the fucking bar and walks out. Yeah, it's one of the coolest, coldest moves you could fucking do. Yeah. It was just really, really cool. 
Um, Dude, that edit is so terrible. It doesn't <laughs> even look good. It it looks terrible. He's like, and then it twitches. Yeah, and then he's like back, and it's like it's really bad. Dude, it's I, it just it just you know George Lucas always says that these movies were made for kids. I don't think that he's telling the truth when yeah, he says yeah. that. Dude, we literally just said these guys were fried. Yeah, and this dude's arm got lopped off, and then this guy owns a freak. Let's be honest. Job of the Hutt's a drug dealer, and he probably <laughs> yeah, dude, dabbles in oh, sex spice. trafficking. Spice, they spice, sell like spice. Dude, he's like, oh man, spice miner? you know, Han Solo was racking up lines of spice in the bathroom before he came out. <laughs> yeah. Or Greedo was probably like, dude, I got to get Han Solo. I need to amp myself up. Dude, yeah. you know, like out of his fucking finger holes that he yeah. Has. So later, it would make sense for George Lucas to say, oh, it's for kids because he sold so many oh, goddamn so many toys. toys. Yeah, but it's like, dude, samurai movies. Yeah, Jokubo jo- jo- wasn't for fucking kids. No, like, samurai was not for yeah, kids. Yeah, dude, like Flash Gordon. Okay, we'll give him that. Sure, yeah, but that's dude. No, dr- yeah, drug dealers. Possible prostitutes hanging dude, around that the, cantina. Dude, the whole stuff... Okay, so we didn't bring this up to begin with, and I, I'm sure we were going to get to it at some point. The whole Star Wars story is about Vietnam and America. Yeah. The rebels are Vietnam, and mm. America is the evil empire. Yeah. He literally has talked about that multiple times. Yeah. That is not a child fucking friendly topic, yeah, like topic. No. Or it's anything that they would understand. I mean, it's, it's a good use of... Like analogy to yeah. like show why fucking empires are evil, but I mean I'm sure that went over every little kid's head in the yeah, and it, and it and it still doesn't make sense. Like even for him to go back and edit like yeah that scene in particular and say like okay, well how is this any better for kids? Like he still know, kills them. He still kills them. Yeah, people were gonna die. Yeah. I mean I get adding all the weird stupid little creatures or like yeah yeah. yeah. You know what? I don't get it. No, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'm buying it, Lucas. Um, yeah. So they get they get to they're getting chased by uh, Han Solo talks to Jabba. They get chased pretty much chased off planet. Yep. Um, and what I thought was cool is like the first time you get to see fucking them jump to light speed. Oh yeah, super dude. cool. Super I just iconic. remember seeing that and being like, "Whoa!" I don't. And, and at the time, being a little kid, I don't even understand that they're going so fast that it fucking just like the stars. Yeah, you don't you don't know what that is. It's just like that visual. But but that and then like I said earlier, being a little kid and then going to Mm -hmm. uh fucking uh Disneyland and being on Star Tours and Mm -hmm. you're in a little ship and then that happens and there's a droid there. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fucking really cool, dude. And then his ship is fucking badass. Oh, dude, yeah. The like, and it's and it's funny too because it's the most iconic ship in like science fiction, apart from maybe the Enterprise. Mm. Um, yep. But it's it's so it's so iconic. But everybody's reaction to it. What a pile of junk. Yeah. She may not look like much, but she's got to work. Yeah. Counts. Um, but it, it just looks so fucking cool, and that's another aesthetic that mm-hmm. Ralph McQuarrie added to it. Like all of this universe and science fiction after it, with a few with few exceptions, uh, they all it looks lived in. It looks gritty. It looks yeah. It there's does. there's hoses hanging out. It's mm-hmm. not fucking pristine. It's not like all white and clean. And yeah, like, like the that. cockpit is located on the side of the ship. Yeah, rather than it's in just, the middle. It's just it's just really fucking cool. Um, we get. We get uh, the scene. They're on their way to Alderaan. That's where they got to go. Um, we get the scene with Chewie and 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 uh, 
Luke playing the little chess game. Yeah. And then uh, we get even more like like hokiness um, uh, between Obi-Wan and Han Solo yeah. is like, oh, fucking ancient religions and old weapons. I, I love their dynamic. Like, their, yeah. their dynamic is pretty cool because it's like, like you said, like Han Solo's like the skeptical. Yeah, complete, completely, completely. And, and and it's and it's it makes a lot of sense too because regardless of whether or not uh, he's a little bit older than Luke Skywalker, uh-huh. regardless of whether the Jedi were prominent when he was around, he grew up in such a like cutthroat world. Yeah, that those things like all he knows is his blaster at his side and he's got to go fast yeah he's like what are the to outrun what are the what's a like a bunch of old jedi is gonna do for him now yeah 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 so that's that's fucking really cool i think uh i i know this part had already passed before like but one of the greatest moments is uh when grand moff tarkin and and darth vader having their whole their whole spiel Mm -hmm. and uh Vader does a force choke for the first time. Yeah. Because you're like in there and then he's like, oh, your fucking devotion to that ancient religion hasn't got us anything. And just... He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, what fucking now, bitch? <laughs> yeah. Um, that part is just fucking super cold. Yeah. Just super cool. Uh, but yeah, they come out of light speed. They're supposed to be at Alderaan, but yeah. it's just fucking debris and just fucking yeah. chaos and everything. And they're like, what the fuck? What's going on? Like... And little did they know that the Death Star just blew up Alderaan. Yeah. Um, and then they're they're sitting there, and then they get pulled. They're like, oh, what's that moon doing? Oh, that small moon or whatever. And then fucking they're like, oh, that's no moon. Yeah. That's a space station. They get pulled in. Um, and what a cool ship, right? Dude, a, a moon. The, the idea behind that. Like, yeah. George Lucas's, like, idea of, like, oh, it's not a fucking... This thing isn't like a like something that moves perpetually through space like a fucking blade or like how, it how you would think, it, yeah. how you would think any type of spaceship would work. It's just a orb and it's a fucking yeah. mat. It's like so big and it has like that's what he did. He made a wall like a killer moon. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It doesn't need to be aerodynamic because it there doesn't. Dude, it's in space. Yeah, there's no. You it's know what I mean? it's 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 super crazy. I think in uh, damn it. I don't know why. Is it? Yeah, it is. I think it's in Sonic 2, the Sega game, uh, I think Dr. Robotnik's ship at the end, not the one where he's flying into, but I'm pretty sure it's like a... I think I think you're right. Yeah, yeah right? I think you're right. I don't know why that just reminded me of it. They're both iconic. <laughs> yeah, Sonic 2 and the first and, Star Wars. And Star Wars. <laughs> um, so yeah, they get pulled in tractor beam style into the cockpit. Um I don't think that they know Princess Leia's on that ship. No, at I, that point. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, and at least wait, um, unless Obi Wan knows and he doesn't tell them. Yeah, he. They get. They hide. Um, mm-hmm. they get out of the ship and then they're like, "We're not getting at. We're not getting out of here unless fucking uh, unless we get that tractor beam down." So Obi Wan yeah. and fucking. Obi-Wan's like, all right, I'm going to get the tractor beam down. You guys go rescue the princess. So they fucking take some stormtroopers suits. They go to the detention area. You get a really great part where um, Han Solo's on the intercom. Like, oh, what's your tracking number? Uh... Boring conversation anyway. Blows blows away. It's like, (laughs) we're all fine here now. Uh, How are you? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then you get... 
you know, that whole escape, the stormtroopers coming after dude, him. The, uh, that moment where they're in, like, that, like, trash compactor. The trash compactor. Dude, that moment scared me so much as a kid, and I always thought, I don't know why I always put myself in these scenarios, that I was going to be in a trash yes, compactor. Yes, yes, for and sure. And I would have to figure out a way to it, get out. It's so, it's so iconic, and I feel like that happens in a lot of different movies, too, yeah. where the walls are just closing in on people. Um, but, yeah, that, that scene, I just remember it being so, like, like anxiety driven for me because like first they land in there and then oh something just went past my leg yeah. and then fucking luke gets fucking like taken down and then they're like shooting it but then it just lets go of them and yeah. they're like wait why the fuck did it just let go of them and then the walls start fucking yeah. closing in and they got to get 3po on the horn and get them to f- fucking shut that shit down yeah meanwhile Obi-Wan's shutting down the tractor beam and at this point Darth Vader fucking senses his presence and he's like on the look for him, searching for him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they escape the trash compactor because uh, C-3PO opens the doors mm-hmm. and they're heading back to the ship and then you get that great part uh, where there's like two stormtroopers. Han Solo shoots one of them and then he tells them like, get back to the ship, blah, blah. And one of the stormtroopers runs away. And then he fucking runs and chases a stormtrooper, yeah. and then he comes around the corner, and there's like fifty of them. Yeah. He's like, oh shit! So classy. and he's got to he's got to run back. So they're trying <laughs> to get to the Millennium Falcon, and at this point, uh, Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi are fucking mm-hmm. having it off. And as a little kid, seeing fucking lightsabers was just the coolest. Yeah. Thing. And you know, we know they're not moving very fast. The technology wasn't no. there. Alec Guinness was a pretty old man, and uh, the dude that was playing Darth Vader is pretty much pretty much fucking blind. And if he moves too much, his suit's gonna fall apart. Yeah, no, for sure. But it's still just super iconic and super like. I think at that point you're just like blown away by the visuals of a fucking oh no for glowing sure. sword. I mean, we're we're like moths to a light. We just see a glowing neon. Yeah, and then neon. And I know this was in the 70s, but it really played an important role in the aesthetic of the 80s and the 90s where just neon lights were everywhere. Oh, yeah. But you just see these glowing, like, swords, and you're just like, oh, sick. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're right. Because if you watch it again, it's like they're just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One guy's obviously blind, and the other guy's like, dude, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're about to escape, and the doors open up, and... Uh, they're right about they're 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 getting away clean and everything. Mm-hmm. Nobody's paying attention because the stormtroopers are all looking at the battle going on. Yeah, and then uh, <clears throat> Obi Wan gives a little glance to Luke Skywalker, smiles, and then he fucking evaporates pretty much. Yeah, and uh, Luke screams out like a little baby, and mm-hmm. then they start getting shot at. They have to hop on the Millennium Falcon and dip out of there. Um, I always like the little step that Vader does on the cloak to make sure that he's fucking... <laughs> yeah, he's like... He's really gone. Is any sort of Jedi tricks? Yeah. There's a great scene in a, in a, in a Star Wars spoof called Thumb Wars. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, the, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it, it it's all these characters, but they're played by thumb, right? Like an act, somebody's actual thumb... With the uh, face on it. Yeah, what's his name? The guy that did Kung Pao. Uh, Steve something. Oda Kirk or something like nah, that. No, I can't remember his name. Yeah, something like that. And then I just, that movie, <laughs> anytime I think of that scene in Star Wars, which is so iconic and so great, I always think of the stupid thumbs in there, like in the middle of a battle. And then I think at that point, Princess Leia hasn't been saved. And she comes and they ask her, like, where'd you come from? And she's like, I'm a, I escaped somehow. 
let's go. And I was like, wait, <laughs> how does she escape in the actual movie? Do they they open the... Uh, they, they go into her cell. Okay. They, they, they open up See, her cell, and then they have that firefight in the right. hallway, and then that's how why they, they have to jump into the cr- trash compactor. That stupid spoof has ruined, ruined, yeah, has ruined. ruined the greatest moment ever for me. Um, so yeah, they get out of there. They get back to the rebel base. Um, Luke is, they're like, all right, they have a fucking Death Star. We have Mm -hmm. to destroy this fucking thing. Um, Luke's like, hey, Han, we could really use you. He's like, nah, man, just give me my fucking money. I'm I'm out of here. Yeah. He's like, I I got no stake in this battle. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, take care of yourself. I guess that's what you're good at, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, that iconic line. Um, and then... Luke becomes a pilot. He meets up with fucking Wedge and Biggs, his homies from Tatooine. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're pilots in, in uh, the Rebellion. And they uh, leave their base on Tantive Four and head towards the Death Star, mm-hmm. which is headed towards them. And they got to go on this fucking epic fucking... Like, because when they escape the Death Star, mm-hmm. that's almost precedent for the movie to be over. Yeah, um, totally. But it has this this final act that's just... I mean, seeing it as a kid, and I can't imagine what people were like. The sensation that was going through people's heads who'd never seen shit like this before yeah. in 1977. Watching those dogfights and the Death Star oh, yeah. and the trench run. It just It was insane. like George Lucas was like, oh, you thought it was really cool up until now. Wait until you see this. It's It, it ups the ante in like... In, like well, yeah, and a then, thousand percent, dude. And then we're introduced to like kind of some 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 of the other characters. I'm using air quotes here. Is I mean, these vehicles become so iconic. Oh, dude, They're yeah, like they, they are like, characters for like, sure. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh, X wing, A wing, Y wing. Like I, yeah, I could yeah. categorize. I knew what each of them did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you're right. It, it's not until that third act of the movie that we're really introduced to what is like another aspect of this world yeah that's life. gonna be so ingrained in in that yeah in that uh whole fucking the whole series the whole, yeah, the whole the stupid helmet mythos uh the everything yeah dude yeah that's freaking and it and yeah it becomes really fucking cool um they have some of the classic tropes oh there's too many of them it's yeah. just one thing if anybody ever says there's too many of them in a movie they're gonna die mm-hmm. um but yeah they go they go on this crazy ass run um everybody's trying to go through the trench run and get that fucking uh hit that shit <laughs> i just thought of that part on family guy when he's like Hey, uh, you really kind of call me out there. Oh like, yeah, he's like, hey, it's a shoe wombats. They're no bigger than two meters. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. Um, but yeah, so Vader's picking everybody off. He shows up in his Tie Fighter, and he's got two people on his on. Yeah, his, and then on he, his side. right then you see him as a pilot. Yeah, too. which is fucking crazy because like he's already like super badass. Then he's a fucking swordsman. Now he's a fucking pilot, and he's just murdering Dude, everybody. Think, okay, so you know his Tie Fighter is obviously it's like different, right? It's like the only one that looks like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You think that like the guy that was designing it was kind of like, all right, I want to make your Tie Fighter, but like it's gonna be different. Like it wasn't like an aesthetic choice, or did Vader ask? <laughs> for these specifications wait are you are you talking about in in the actual universe or like in the in how they made it like no the in the universe in the universe because you know that have conversation oh it's i mean it's a it's a different it's a different class of of type fighter Dude, but it's like the only one that looks like that right no so the bomb so the bombers look like that but they have two they have two little cockpits in the middle uh-huh. and then um so basically the tie fighters are basically like your x-wings yeah the one that vader had i mean it's like 
uh, it's like fucking Kylo Ren's ship in the new ones. Like they're mm. they're. If if anything, I do think that Vader was like, no, you're gonna make my ship like this because he's a pilot, he's a mechanic. No, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. yeah. So if that would make that would make perfect sense. He's like, I want mine, but with rims. Yeah, with with twenties. Uh, um, okay, I was thinking, I was like, oh, what if it's like an engineer or something that's trying to impress Vader? So he's like trying to like up, you know. Yeah, no, he's no, trying to get ahead in his career. It, it would, so it would, like, it would make a lot of sense that he, he, um, because usually the way like the Inceptors and the Tie Fighters, they're usually for like speed, and then the bombers have like heavy armor on them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking Vader being the the mechanic and and knowing how to fly very well, mm-hmm. he probably like worked on his own ship or had specifications so that they made it specifically for him. You know what? I like my version better because it it makes another movie where it's like this guy, young guy, he's working up the ranks, and then he finally gets his chance. Probably because the guy that worked above him got force choked, so he has to design like Vader's uh, ship, and it's like this big movie. Think of the Devil Meets Prada, but instead of fashion, it's Tie Fighter Engineering, and Anne Hathaway is the Tie Fighter Engineer. We'll call it. Devil wears Vader. <laughs> uh, all right, go on. Uh, Jesus. Um, yeah. So Luke is uh, using the instruments in his X-wing, um, and he's about to. He's running, doing the trench run. Vader's right on his tail, and he's getting. He's getting to the point, and then he hears. Obi-Wan's voice tell him to let go and yeah. trust the force. So he puts away his instruments. They're asking him, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's like, nothing. I got I got this. I got this. Yeah. He's on his way. Fucking Vader's right behind him. Gets him in his crosshairs. I have you now. And then fucking out of nowhere, Millennium Falcon swoops in, shoots Vader's yeah. Shari, shoots one of the TIE fighters. It spins into Vader's ship. He fucking flips out of nowhere and <laughs> just then spins into do, into like bl- the blackness of space, <laughs> and then fucking uh, Luke hits the fucking mark, and then they burst out of there. You get the iconic like ringed explosion. Yeah, it explodes, and fucking everybody on planet Yavin's like, yeah, fuck Two. yeah. What does he blah, say? Blah. The other guys, Will Will Ferrell. When the at the oh, end of yeah. Star Wars, when the there's no way they didn't have soft tissue damage. damage. I yeah. call bullshit on that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, dude, yeah, that's such a sick scene. That explosion itself is so iconic. Yeah, like, the way it looks. I, I know, like, all the behind the scenes and it, uh, like the visual effects to get that done is like super like well known and researched and everything. But it's like, dude, when you see that ring explosion, it's like you think Star Wars. Like, yeah, right away, right? yeah. It isn't until later where we get the stupid sound effects when you see something like that. But then it sparks. Looks fucking cool. Uh, wait. Oh, no. That's Return of the Jedi where they're like on... Uh, is that Ewok Planet? Uh, Endor. Ewok Tour. And then uh, it's like fireworks or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. Um, no, dude. Yeah, that, that whole thing. I always thought that explosion was cool because I was always like... Damn, am I gonna have to outrun an explosion, <laughs> dude? Yeah, just uh, it's, it's again insane. putting myself in the movie. Um, and then right after that, they're heading back, and then uh, the throne room finale. John, John, John Williams' score for this movie and every movie that he does afterwards is mm-hmm. incredible. But you get that that throne room finale um, song coming up, and all those all those soldiers and everything. They're 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 pretty much saluting luke skywalker and han solo and chewbacca but chewbacca doesn't get a medal 
Bullshit. Um, they all walk down. They get their medals. Uh, everything. And, and what's crazy is this movie could have been a one and done. That is, it's it's a perfectly made movie. It, mm-hmm. it opens. You have the call to action. You have you have everything, and then it just seals itself. And that could have been it forever. Yeah, because it's also it didn't. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Obviously, it's like oh, Darth Vader. We don't know what the hell happened to him. Yeah. But also too, it's like we don't like this movie. It was it. It happens right. Uh, what do they call it? That film term where it's like in the middle of the action, media res. There's a famous film term that a bunch of film nerds will be very upset that I don't know, but it's like the movie opens up and you're in the middle of the action. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a French term, but uh, that happens in this movie. Like, dude, we don't know shit about where Vader can. We don't know where the Clone Wars. Yeah, is. no, we didn't. And it's we like don't know. at this point, it's like we didn't really need to know because we just needed to know what was happening. Yeah. In this story, and like you said, it's self-contained, and it's like Vader's off and fuck, he just flip. He could be flipping forever. Yeah, because who's gonna come rescue him? They don't know where the hell he is. Yeah, and if his engines are damaged and he's just floating in space, he's gonna fuck, dude. Imagine how sweaty and gross he is inside that. Yeah, suit. dude, he's just freaking. He's probably you know he's all burnt up, so you know he's like, you know, he probably doesn't have sweat glands anymore. But <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, good thing I asked an engineer sure to put got, in velvet seats. Like, I'm sure he's got pus glands. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, then you get that fucking that. Star wipe and you're out and yeah. fucking Ba-da. yeah it's it's a fantastic movie and it you know changed the world of cinema mm-hmm. forever. I wrote a paper uh, when I was in college. It had just hit forty years, mm-hmm. and uh, I wrote a paper on its its um, its legacy on on yeah. our culture in general. Um, for better or worse, you know it's 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 here to stay. It's not going to go anywhere and. Mm-hmm. I, I remember talking about, like, on any college campus or anywhere, really, I fucking defy you to go 20 minutes without seeing somebody with a Star Wars shirt or oh, a yeah. hat or a tattoo or, anywhere. or anything. It, it referenced anywhere. And that's this. And you're talking about something that, like, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years before that, it was maybe not as prominent, but it was, like I said, it was still in our cartoons. Mm-hmm. It was like, and then today, it's like, dude, the whole fucking. Disneyland is all Star Wars. Yeah, you're, you're watching a Marvel movie, and there's like that Obi Wan. Tra- it, dude, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's in the talk. Like, I mean, dude, May Fourth. It seems like it gets bigger and bigger every, every year. year. Yeah, it's becoming more like, uh, like I mean, sounds like retailers want to throw promotions around May Fourth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, 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 it's is real like has a real hold on on the um, on the culture for sure there there's this uh i saw this meme uh homie mauricio oh you know mauricio mm-hmm. um he uh he posted this meme in um in uh what's the gareth edwards one um rogue one. Oh yeah uh Cassian Andor, he's like arguing with with uh, Felicity Jones, and he's like, "Oh, so now all of a sudden the rebellion's really you? I've been in this fight since I was six. And then he posted a meme that was like, "Oh, all of a sudden May Fourth means something to you? Yeah, I've been in this. I've been in a Star Wars since blah blah." blah. And I was like, "Oh, that's actually pretty funny because you know, I, like I don't like gatekeeping or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it is a little like, especially like I don't even want to say this. There are certain people." Growing up, that when you talk about Star Wars, they sneered or made fun of you or mm-hmm. something like that, and now you see those same types of people fucking 
Like, oh, yeah, Star Wars, blah, blah. I'm just like, dude, I mean, you're whack. Hey, bro. <laughs> I was I was in the first Star Wars. Yeah, but I um, mean I mean I, I get it though, it, especially like how. Obviously, like I said, we're we're like a we're like a we were like the post Star Wars generation, one of the first for yeah. sure. But it was like we were when you saw it back then. It had like a certain like gravitas to it, where it was like as a kid, you were just sucked into that whole world, and it meant a lot to you and i mean like i know we've talked about it where it was even me like i read a lot of the fan fiction i you know i would i would never say that i was like as it didn't mean as much to me as it did to like you or, or like tons yeah, of other yeah, people yeah. but definitely had a fucking nerds which is why i get upset i and you're right i i don't mean to gatekeep star wars and i know i'm very critical about it mm. but it's because i was like dude i loved it so much like even now when we're talking about this first one like i'm excited talking about it yeah and it's when i start to mention something and it reminds me of like something in the prequels or these last sequels and i'm just like damn you ruined such a good <laughs> fucking thing and it's like now when i see somebody and, and it's like you said they're like or or they're hardcore fans and they're just they just eat everything that like Disney or, or Lucas Arts or, or whoever just yeah. feeds them and I was like, nah, dude, like it's okay to be, criti- to be critical, yeah. It's okay to be critical of things that you love because you demand more of them. Like yeah, you know, excellence more, out of them. And then it's like what they're giving you is not excellence. Like yeah. we've had like Rogue One was really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. And there's parts of like the Force Awakens we really like, but dude, what they did with like the idea of the prequels was cool, but the movies were executed terribly yeah terribly the somebody should have somebody else should have i mean story by george lucas great directed by literally anybody anybody else anybody and and dialogue written by anybody else else. anybody else and it's like you then and then you obviously it's the famous like uh the studio fighting with what direction they wanted to take these last ones and yeah and like in, in flux backtracking because of fucking fan but it was outlash. like they're just so excited to make so much money off of this yeah. it's like they almost were like oh we'll feed these fans what they want and we won't care about the quality because if we just tap into this nostalgia which is something i'm critical of of a lot of like films and, and stuff in the media that comes out yeah. today and it's like star wars is that it had such a grip and it continues to but it's just like it, it a lot of older people and younger people like they just remember so much about Star Wars and now it's like oh we're not going to give you a good like cool interesting story yeah. I mean the Mandalorian was pretty cool but even and you see a little bit of Boba Fett they they tap into the Mandalorian because they're yeah. like oh is this story getting boring we'll get to something that these people like mm-hmm. and it's just always these references to the past so much that it's just like god man but it doesn't look like it's going anywhere yeah no definitely not I think I think the 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 references and the and the um, the fan service is okay, but there's got to be a cap on it. And I would say like, oh, ten percent mm-hmm. fan service and eight ninety percent fucking dude actual story and actual yeah. like something you know something new. You know, I'll, I'll compromise with that because I I mean we talked about it earlier like, dude, this world is so huge that literally there could be shit happening on like. A small town and some planet that we've never been introduced yeah, to. Yeah. And it could be compelling and interesting. Yeah. In it. And I guess you could say, oh, well, if you want that, go watch a fucking movie, like a detective movie. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, no, I, I really did like the world that they built. And I want to learn more about this world. Like, yeah. What's going on. And, and it's like, dude, I loved the character. Like, I loved, like, 
these like Han Solo is my favorite character. Luke Skywalker was always like, ah, that's somebody else's favorite character because I like this guy. But I loved yeah. all the characters, and yeah. of course, I would have liked to see more of their adventures. But dude, some of the things they just end, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's okay, and it's like, oh well, let's get introduced to like what else can this world tell us? Because it told us so much in the beginning, like we said, like a ragtag yeah group of these people and it was i think that's what i liked about the last jedi was like at the end where it was like yeah that's i mean obviously not a perfect movie but no but yeah what 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 ryan johnson did with that with that movie i think um and we and we talked about this mm -hmm. uh a lot after that movie came out um the things that we liked about it is that uh well i always say that rogue one seems like um us playing with with uh our toys and coming up with our own story and that literally happens at the end of Last Jedi. Yeah. They're playing with action figures, telling yeah. stories about Luke Skywalker and a bunch and of other then that shit. Kid, he can kind of move. Yeah, uh, and and the whole and the whole the whole idea behind behind that movie was that legacy, as important as it is, isn't everything. And yeah. anybody could be special, and anybody could be. And and that and that's and that says something about Ryan Johnson is like I was that kid watching this movie yeah. and now I'm I'm making this movie but and you're, you're also not necessarily defined by yeah not the past not not, not at all yeah. and you can make your own future and that's the same way that we were talking about Luke Skywalker yeah. at the beginning is like he had to it, it wasn't thrust upon him he had to make the decision yeah, to he made the choice yeah to leave where, where it was like you, I know you mentioned earlier was like like characters like Ray and, and them. Later, like I know they gave Ray the decision to like, oh, is she gonna? But it, in the end, it was like, eh, yeah, you, you kind of had to force that, to that, decide. That just that that becomes fun because in that movie, you you are you're told that she's a nobody, that she's nothing, yeah. and that was awesome. That was yeah. great because yeah. that means that the universe isn't as small as the Skywalker family. No. It's way bigger than that. Yeah. There's way more to way more to go on. And then because of fan backlash of that movie, which some of it understandable and some of it was completely outlandish. You backtrack and you have J.J. Abrams do Rise of Skywalker with stuff that I like about that movie. More of it was just them being so afraid of what the fans were Yeah, which is kind of bullshit. And they still weren't even fucking happy. No, they weren't because they're winos. But, uh, or not winos. They might be winos, but they're winers. But, uh, damn, that totally threw off. What was I going to say? Just insulting people. Um <laughs> Damn, what was I going to say? Yeah, exactly. Wait, what did you say about the Last Jedi right now? Um, that it's not perfect and that it set a precedent for future oh. Star Wars films to do something different than the Skywalker. It, exactly, like, than the, the Skywalkers. Skywalker. And it's like, dude, come on, everybody. Let's be honest. Like, We, we love the Skywalkers. And we, we love what they do. It was really cool to see Luke come out, even though he looked like a fucking piece of wood in uh mandalorian but he looked way better in boba fett um but it's like dude like skywalkers even later where they were like oh you're destined but also why fucking if you really ask yourself why is it the skywalkers the best like why is it them specifically yeah like why is the force choose them specifically and 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 especially knowing with all the fan fiction Mm -hmm. and all and all the his there's a vast history of yeah. jedi and sith thousands and thousands this of years. is only fucking 30 years of yeah. of story it's there's nothing. so much before and yeah. there has to be so much after so 
let it fucking go. Yeah, what makes these fucking people so special? You know what? <laughs> this is a rant that I can go off on later about what's wrong with this country, but it's like, dude, it's like, yeah, let it fucking go. What makes them so special, like, in that world, aside then, like, you had Darth Vader, you had Luke Skywalker who killed Darth Vader. Yeah, they're great people, but the whole fucking universe is so vast that it doesn't have to just link to this family over and over and over. And then again. I don't know what the hell they tried and to then, do with the Padawan, like not the then, Padawan, but the fucking uh, Emperor. Dude, yeah, that that's the one thing that I'm gonna say. Uh, if you want to do a fucking prequel about him and Darth Plagueis and shit, cool. But him as an old fucking dude coming back to life like tent, like fuck off dude, already. Nobody, fuck off. Nobody cared. And, and to be honest, like when when they were like, oh, you're. You're a uh, uh, what? What is he? A Palpatine. You're a Palpatine. I was like sitting there. That was, was like, like the worst decision ever. I was like, damn, that oh that dude like, he, what what was that? Fifty years ago? Like who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, who cares? Like yeah. her her parents could have been anybody else. Anybody. And you would have been like, oh, but it was like and Palpatine. And it's like, dude, I hated you then, and I hated you in the prequels. I just hate you, Palpatine. Now, now, if okay, let's say Snoke wasn't, a, or, or in in the in in the Force Awakens, you find out Rey's a Palpatine, and you find out that uh, Snoke's determined to turn her to the dark side, mm-hmm. and you have a three movie arc of her going back and forth between the dark side and the light. That would have made more sense. Yeah. But just shoehorning all that shit in in the last movie is just like I don't care. Yeah, it's like I don't care. And then I know the the question that like there's a you can explain away whatever the fuck you want with the Star Wars stuff. Like, damn, how the hell did they build this and no one knew? Like, where did you get the force? Yeah. Like whatever the shit. Oh, the ghost did it. Like that sounds even more dumb to me. But the fact that it was the the Emperor, you're just like, dude, what are Shut you up. doing? But it's like. Yeah, I and and that takes away like it's so weird. Like when I think of the the first trilogy, and the way it makes me feel, and the, and the way that we can exp- like talk about it in the grander scheme of like cinema and culture, it, yeah, is a lot different than how we talk about the Force Awakens and, and the prequels. Oh, and everything. Def- definitely, because it's not it's and, it, I, and there's so every, little there's so little substance there. Yeah, and it, not every film that's going to come out is going to be like uh like the next movie to change everything yeah right but at I this mean, point rarely happens. it rarely happens but it's like oh you get all these movies and you get you're trying to introduce all these characters that these people like love and, and at that point what was the point of even introducing new characters like you know what i mean yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna fucking like basically just because they didn't want to be in the movies that much yeah that you just oh then it's like no th- then make something like Make something else that it's in that world. Yeah. These guys were alive. They're dead. That's believable. It's fucking 50 yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah. He could have died by anything. A freaking... Hurricane. Hurric- yeah, hurricane on... Hur- the, hur- the The hurricane planet could have killed him. But, I mean, I guess the reason we get so... I get so upset about that is because it... it of the way that Star Wars felt when I was younger and then how it plays into, like the history of cinema too and it's just like for people that love that kind of thing it's like oh this is a real like this is a real piece of art yeah and then everything else after is real shit and it's just like dude just like that meme and that's funny how that's we <laughs> in today's age we just reference everything or we can explain through everything memes. through memes and yeah. it's like 
the Godfather, like, oh, look what look they how, Look how they massacred my boy. Look, massacred my boy, you know? And it's like, that's how I feel. That's how the world feels. Yeah. And obviously, I think Star Wars uh, just is just so... It's not very... It's not uh, controversial, but it can be. But I think people loved it so much that they're it's always... Po- getting, it's polarizing. It's polarizing. Sure. I think, and I think that also that just speaks to the power of, of the first movies anyway. That there's going to be debates about yeah. what's good and what's not good. In the end, I think in the right hands it works. In the wrong hands it doesn't. Just like anything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think we're good on, on that. Um, this was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, hope you guys had a good May the 4th. Uh, maybe watch the Star Wars or two. But uh, yeah, for Play It Again, man, I'm Steven Valdez. And I'm Jerry. And uh, may the force be with you. Oh. <laughs>